Recording live from the Northeast Georgia Business Radio X studio, this is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon, and yeah, we're coming to you live from the beautiful Empower College and Career Center of Jackson County. And with me, a guest today, I'm going to enjoy this. What she does is something very close, very dear to my heart. I have with me today the Catvocate, Lynn Foraker. Lynn, welcome to the Northeast Studio. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm fine. You're the Catvocate. I am. I love that. I'm a cat dad. I'm a cat person. have been my whole life. I love dogs too, but dogs never fit into my life, right? Correct. And they're not possessions. No, they are not. They're your babies. That's right. Now, you're their possession. You know, I'm yes. a proud human of two felines. Catvocate, what exactly do you do? We advocate, advocate for the cats and kittens of Jackson County. We help people who have a stray cat wander up. Inevitably, it turns out that it's pregnant. And mm-hmm. they're fine with keeping the cat, but they don't know what to do with six or seven kittens. Right. We assist them with uh, spaying and neutering the kittens and the cat. If they want to keep some, that's fine. If they don't want to keep all of them, we'll take them and we will find a rescue for them to go to that will get them adopted out. We're what's known as a conduit rescue. Most rescues that you hear about or deal with are rescue to adopt. We rescue to finance vet, and then take them to a rescue partner in Fayetteville, Georgia, who gets them adopted out. There's fostering involved, I guess. There is fostering. Most of the fostering is very short term, and it's done by uh, our vet partner. Uh, We do use some local folks as fosters when we have litters that Mm -hmm. need to go. You know, we've got a place for them to go once they're big enough to be spayed and neutered. So if we get them at a very young age, still have mama in the picture, that sort of thing, we might need someone to foster them for a month, month and a half, two months, but that would be about the the maximum. But the ultimate goal is to find them a home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. As quickly as we can get them, they're healthy. Right. Well, that's true, too. That's a whole different, well, not a different aspect, but something that you concentrate on. You're not just fostering out animals or adopting out animals. You're getting them healthy. Yes. Or making sure they are. Hopefully they are to begin with. That's a big step. It's a huge step. Yeah. And because so many of ours come uh, from feral moms and have never been in a home, mom didn't have any prenatal care, anything like that. A lot of times we find upper respiratory infections. Mm -hmm. We find coccidia. We find covid Cats do get COVID. They don't get it from humans, but they can get it. It affects them differently. You rarely would see a cat die from COVID. Kittens occasionally, but it's more of a a nuisance illness with them than a serious illness. But we make sure that anything that they come in with, uh, be it an illness, an injury. We've had cats that had gunshot wounds. We've had cats that had, had to have a limb amputated. Kittens that had to have a limb amputated. If they have a good personality, nothing stops them from getting adopted. Now, just because you have a cat out in the wild, that doesn't necessarily mean it's feral, though. No. There is a huge difference between feral cats and non-feral cats in the wild. Most of the cats that you find have probably been someone's at some point. They, They were familiar with people. They lived indoors or in close proximity to a home. They welcome people as friends, as a source of food. They just don't have anywhere to live. Sometimes that's their choice. Sometimes that's 
that something happens and their people can't keep them any longer. A true feral is not going to approach you. If you see a feral, it's because they found food and they're trying to get it, or you're just seeing them go from point A to point B. Right. They don't want anything to do with people. It's not like they're a pack of wild dogs. They're not going to attack you or anything like that. They just don't want anything to do with people. And there are a lot of wonderful souls in this county who faithfully feed daily, a lot of times twice a day, ferals that have congregated around shopping centers, around fast food restaurants and other restaurants. Food sources. Yes. What we do is if they are feeding a, a colony, wherever it might be, we assist them with getting the animals spayed and neutered so that the colony isn't growing. Right. So I guess there's a process of trapping them humanely, safely, not yes. hurting them. Yes. Getting them attention, medical whatever necessary mm -hmm. do you just put them back out into where you got them we we let the we don't get involved in any of the trapping the people that feed them are the ones that know them if they trust a human it tends to be those kind of people mm -hmm. they're really the only people that are going to be able to close enough to get them close, right. to trap them we just make arrangements for whenever they can get them to us we get we spay neuter and we also give them a rabies vaccine nice. we, we don't have anything in that we don't give rabies to then they are responsible for what they do with them afterwards. So they're, they're only in our custody long enough to do the medical side of things. So it is possible to have kittens with a feral mother, but those kittens can be domesticated. Absolutely. If you can get a kitten before four months of age. Is it four? I was about to ask you, is there a magic number? Yes. I would be very hesitant unless it was a personal one to take on a kitten that was over four months old that came from a feral mom and a feral background that had not had any exposure to kittens. They're pretty well patterned in by right. that age. Right. Well, that's about the time they're weaned, what, after two months? Yeah, generally about two months. Yeah. So if you get them two months, three months, you've got perfect opportunity. Yes, yes. Before In fact, we're wild. working with a group right now of six that a foster has had for about six or seven weeks, and they're now coming to us to socialize with other people and to socialize with other cats. Nice. And they're in varying degrees of tameness, if you will. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Very People cat. are the same way. And we'll get back to this here in a second. How long have you been doing this? You've been involved with this for a while. I have. I started out January of 2008. I've only ever worked in Jackson County doing this. What called you to this? You obviously love cats. I love cats. I also love dogs like you. Yeah. They fit into my lifestyle for a long time, but my husband and I like to travel by motorcycle for long distances and long times, and that doesn't work in well with a dog. You just can't exactly. board a dog for that you long. you got to be home mm -hmm. with, a, with a puppy, with a dog. I got into it. I had a friend from junior high school in Utah who was a very big animal advocate there. She headed up one of the humane societies there. When she passed away unexpectedly several years ago, I wanted to donate to a group that she, you know, had been part of in her memory. When I went to the website to do that, I saw a blurb about a group called Best Friends Animal Society in Kanab, Utah. And I clicked on their website and was fascinated. And my husband and I actually spent a week there on our honeymoon oh, wow. and volunteered and just fell in love with the whole concept and the whole group. One of the founders, after several years volunteering there, asked me what I was doing locally, and I had to admit that I wasn't doing anything. So that yeah. became my New Year's resolution for 2008. Nice. And you've hit the ground running. Over 15 years. I, I wouldn't say I hit the ground running. <laughs> you bounced and bumped. Yes. And 
skipped across the ground a little bit. I knew nothing about rescue because Best Friends is a sanctuary. So in a lot of cases, you're dealing with dogs, cats, and other animals that can't be adopted out or not adopted out easily. It wasn't your typical rescue. So I had a lot to learn. And one of the things that I found was the rescue community in this area is a very generous and very helpful group. They want you to succeed because if you succeed, it makes their burden less. So you work with the local shelter you work with local veterinarians yes we do it's just a big network partners i guess yes uh, it's not at all unusual that we'll get a phone call from someone about an animal they need help with and i'll say well who referred you to us and Mm -hmm. they'll say you know galilee vet or jefferson animal hospital or shannon vet we we work with most of them at this end of the county don't know the ones further south as well right room for expansion right Uh, very much so i like that now getting back to the the trapping the neutering, the spading program, how involved is that? I mean, there's there's obviously procedures, there's medical, things cost money. How does all that work? If, if I've got a location where I've got a, an issue with feral cats, I approach you, but what am I looking at? What am I getting into? Uh, if you're talking about financially? All the above. When I call you, what do I have to expect over the next several weeks, months? I don't know. Well, what we do first of all is find out if you're able to trap. You know, some people call, they realize they have a problem, they know what needs to be done, but they've never trapped a cat before in their life. They don't own a trap, they don't know what kind of trap to buy or anything like that. We usually will pair them with someone in the community who does that and who's very knowledgeable about it, knows the best ways, knows what to do. You know, you trap the kittens easily, but mom's a little smarter and a little more evasive and, and they can give you tips on how to do that. If you don't have a trap, we can loan traps out or we can tell you where you can get them at the least expensive price, what size you need, that kind of thing. When it comes to the veterinary part, we schedule it. uh, We work with one veterinarian to get that done. We find out a week in advance what her schedule is for the next week. We try not to pile too much onto her. We try and stretch it out for the week. As far as costs go, if it's a a cat that is yours that you want to get spayed and neutered, but you you don't want to have to spend $200 to get it done or not able to do that, then we generally charge $35 for a neuter, $50 for a spay, and that includes the rabies vaccine. So if someone a, is able to... That's a deal right there, Lynn. If, wow. Yeah, it is. That's a deal. If someone is able to afford more, then mm-hmm. we're glad for the extra. As far as how we fill the gap to between what people can pay and what it actually costs us, we have been uh, successful in getting some grants. We also do fundraisers during the year specifically for our spay-neuter program. I got to believe without all these community partners, I, I, I know the answer to this, it wouldn't be possible what you do. No, absolutely not. When when I decided to form Catvocate, I talked to two people right off the bat, and one was my veterinarian partner, and the other was the cat rescue that we send our cats to primarily. Gotcha. Because if neither one of them had been able to sign on, then it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't be full circle. Well, we are very fortunate here at Northeast Georgia Business Radio X. We also have some great community partners. One of our community partners is Busy Bee Exterminators. Now, Busy Bee is a leading termite and pest control company that has been serving Georgia since 1972. Longer than I've been alive. Family owned and locally operated, Busy Bee is proud of its solid reputation and most extensive guarantees available in the industry. They offer free inspections and evaluations to all potential customers, both residential and commercial. Visit BusyBeeExterminators.com for all the details. That's Busy, B-E-E, exterminators.com. And while you're at it, visit our new website, negabrx.com, 
to see all our great community partners. Lynn, you still with me? I sure am. You got bills to pay around here. But hey, bless our community partners, all of them. They're all awesome. What were we talking about? We were talking about saving babies. Yes, that's right. That's very cool. I was doing my regular show prep, right? I'm stalking you, forgive me, <laughs> legally. Cadvocate has something very, very cool. I think well, everything you have is cool. But once in a while, you'll come across a cat, a feline that just doesn't really care for other people or maybe other cats. But you find a place for these, these hard eggs, shall we say. You have a working cat program. Yes, we do. You place these cats in really a great situation for them. Mm-hmm. Barn cats, yep. working cats. I got to know more about that. that so, did you come up with that? No, I did not. Not you by sh- any you means. Take the credit. I wouldn't know. <laughs> that is awesome. It's so smart, especially well, out here in the woods. We're it, in the woods. It was born of frustration uh, when we were dealing, when we were the rescue and we were the ones that were getting them adopted out or getting them to places that would adopt them out. It was frustrating because we would find people who were looking for a barn cat, but they didn't want to pay a hundred a hundred dollars to get one from animal control they wanted one that was free basically so what we looked at was a program that was run out of Gwinnett County leftover pets is is a part of it they do a barn cat program so we took information from their application and took a traditional cat rescue application and kind of melded them together so that we could find out, make sure that the people adopting them had the place for them to stay, were willing to commit to regular veterinary care, you know, didn't have an issue with, uh, had a vet that would consider them a client in good standing. It has worked well. We wish there were more people that wanted barn cats than there are <laughs> barn cats, but so far that hasn't been the case. But we probably adopted out in four years about 25 barn cats. Cool. These are cats. They're not feral by any means. They like people. Uh, some of them are shy, but they're, they're not aggressive or anything like that. They're good with people. Most of them just don't do other cats. You know, they're, they're the kind of per, uh, cat that wants to be the solo cat. And unfortunately, most people who like cats feel like cats are like potato chips. You can't have just one. I agree with that, yes. So um, we kind of fill the gap there. We've had them go to commercial establishments where they had things that would attract rodents. We've had them go to riding stables where you have oats and wheat and that kind of thing. We've had them go to silos. We've had them go just to people who raise crops and have other animals and need something to keep the vermin down. In a lot of cases, they have become house pets and and just go out in the morning. They weasel their ways in. Yes. (laughs) Um, And the ones who are not interested in doing that are perfectly happy. And it gives us a way, you know, before, if nobody wanted them as a barn cat and they didn't get along with other cats they ended up being euthanized by animal yeah. control so this yeah. gives them a way out we're thrilled about that but now these are this is a forever home this, this it is, is you're not going to pick them up in three weeks and take no. them somewhere else no they they live here for the rest of their lives right. uh if we if they ever run into an issue where they can no longer care for the cat uh, we let them know up front that we will be glad to take the cat back we, we we don't abandon our, our babies. They're our babies if they've ever been with us. Well, so. they're a part of it. They're a part of it. All right, now we've got a website, great website, by the way, catvocate.org, right? Correct. Now, how do the folks listening, how does the public get involved with you? They can contact us via email, okay. which is catvocate in Georgia. G-A. Yeah, G-A. Cat, catvocate in, in G-A. G-A at gmail.com. Right. They can go to our website, 
catfocate.org, and there is a contact header. They can also call us at 770-540-9930. The other way they can get in touch with us is on Facebook. If they go to the Catvocate page, there's a place there where they can get in touch with us. You're also on LinkedIn, I believe. I'm on LinkedIn. Nice. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. You got a bunch of notes over there. <laughs> Lynn, before we get out of here, what did we forget? What did we, what do we need to hit on? One of the things that we're trying to do is raise awareness in the community, and hopefully it will trickle up to the governmental level of the community, that we can do better by our feral cats in this community. Right. The current policy is basically trap them when people complain, bring them to animal control, and they are euthanized for the main part. It's very rare. Occasionally you'll have one that's not truly a feral cat. The people at animal control will recognize that, and it can get adopted out. Usually it's snarly, or if they think it's snarly, then it's going to be euthanized. Right. A lot of people would say, well, that's the right thing to do because you've got ferals in an area where people don't want ferals. What they don't realize is that when you euthanize uh, the members of a colony, other cats figure out that the cats are there for a reason. It's mm-hmm. because there's food source or mm-hmm. shelter source or what have you. And so all you're going to have is more ferals moving in. Right. If instead you trap and neuter them, and spay them and vaccinate them, you have, first of all, cut down on a lot of the behaviors that cause people to be uncomfortable with the idea of feral cats. You're not going to have the aggressive mating behavior. You're not going to have the yowling in the middle of the night. You're not going to have the spraying, that sort of thing. A lot of people say, oh, well, they hurt the birds. I've seen some of the statistics from the people that say that. And if that was true and if their statistics were correct, None of us would have ever seen a bird because they would have long since been depleted. A few hundred years ago. Several. Was the last bird. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, that's, that's sort of a specious argument. But, but we would really like for the county to look around at some of the other counties and see what they're doing, see how they're working with groups to utilize the folks in the county that want to help and know what to do to control the population growth of the feral cat population, because that's the key, is controlling it. The other thing, the other myth that's out there is that, well, it's terrible to have a cat out in the wild. These, most of these places that have cats and that are being cared for, and there are so many people that take their time and their own money to care for these cats. They buy them the food, they buy them shelters, they bring in bales of hay to keep the shelters warm. They're more than willing to help if they can just get a little help from the community. And that's where we try and step in. But I would love to see a partnership between not just us, but other groups in the community that work with ferals and the government. It would take their workload down some, oh, yeah. a lot less paperwork for them. Mm-hmm. It would enhance the feral cat community overall. So if someone does have a, a situation at their building or even, I guess, their property, they really need to contact you before animal control. Very definitely. I guess. Very definitely. If we can help and if they're willing to feed or we can find someone to feed, mm-hmm. then that's been taken care of at that point. Nice. Did we get it all in? I believe we did. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, well, first of all, Lynn, thank you so much for coming in. We met at a chamber event, what, a month or two ago yes. or something? I don't yes. know. They're a nonprofit forum. That, yeah, that was awesome. I enjoyed that. I really did. Do you want to give any shout-outs? Because you've got some great partners. I know some of your partners. 
You got some great people working with you. Yes, we do. Our uh, our vetting partner is Dr. Martha Shannon. Dr. Shannon from Shannon Veterinary Services, and we could do none of this without her. And our rescue partner, who adopts out most of our cats that go to rescue or to go be adopted, is uh, Rescue Cats down in Fayetteville, Georgia. So my husband and I drive cats. From Down to Fayetteville. Jefferson to Fayetteville several times a month to find their new homes. Y'all must love this or something. We do. We do. I would say you'd have to. Fayetteville is not close. No, it is not. With, with a car full of cats <laughs> that probably aren't real happy that they're there at the yeah, moment. Yeah, they, they do sing the songs of their ancestors Oh, I to bet us. they do. But I also would like to say that if anybody is interested in getting involved in helping us, we can always uh, use help in helping to work our Facebook page, keeping it updated and that sort of thing. We can always use used household linens, uh, sheets, towels, bedding of any kind, old rugs and throw throw rugs and that kind of thing. Anything that anyone wants to do, just reach out to us and we'll be glad to find a place for you to help. You'll put it to good use. We will. We nice, will. nice. Lynn, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for they're letting gonna, us. They're going to play my music. Oh, there it is. There's the music. Folks, catvocate.org. Check out what Lynn is doing. Feral cat problems don't necessarily have to be a problem. There are solutions, smart solutions for it. I'm Tom Sheldon. We'll talk to you soon.